Hi, my name is Good Universe VA and I play Vance on Zodiac Task Force. And you're listening to Raving Lunatic Media. Oh, yeah. Tropic says hi, too. Let's make sure history never forgets the name. Sci-fi melody. Got out. Hey, Rage, what are we... What on earth did you bring in this time? Oh, no. Oh, this thing? Oh, it's an AI neural manipulator I call the Helio-Ontological Valerian Abducens Rafi Demlinosis. I'm sorry, what? You think we can remember that? <laughs> oh, not, no, not a chance. I can barely remember it. So I just call it Howard for short. It looks like the neural neutralizer from TOS. What? <laughs> no. Where would you... <laughs> no. I have a bit of a question, Hugh. Why did you bring that, Hugh? Oh, an experiment. No way. I know what this does. I am not, not, not doing this. What are you doing? You guys agree with all of Rage's decision for the podcast. Hey guys, wake up. I mean, snap out of it. You guys kind of just spaced out there for a minute. What? You okay? I am just fine. I feel like reviewing whatever you tell us to watch. Yeah, I trust him with anything, even progeny. No, 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 not that, not that, no, no. Sci-Fi Melody, Symptom 296, Dagger of the Mind. Nope, nope, Infinity Chamber. Let's not get sued here. Her Jean sues from beyond the grave. Welcome back, sickies, to the final episode of Jail June, and we uh, are, it's kind of interesting, we went from... A two semi a serious kind of incarceration sci-fi to one that was clearly just trying to be big bad action movie, and now we're going to something that's a lot more um, heady, let's say. So, and I I do have a deep meaning question for this because this is the kind of sci-fi that it definitely is. It lends itself to that. Let's just put it that way. Because you're not too busy picking it apart. Like, how come they're worried about nitrogen in the air? That kind of thing. So, uh, but, Infinity Chamber, which really, it came out in 2016, and it was, you can see it on Amazon Prime for free, which tells you everything. It was a very low-budget film. Not always a bad thing. But... Not always a bad thing, exactly. And that's not... That's the case here. Um, quick warning. If you are interested in action-y sci-fi, you will hate this. Absolutely hate yeah, this. Yeah, there's about as much action in this as watching <laughs> your grass grow. You might get more action yeah. watching your grass grow when some bees yeah. land on exactly. the flowers. Exactly. So, that doesn't make it bad. It's just a warning right off the rip. If you like your action-y sci-fi... 
the expanse for example you're not gonna like this if you're looking for fighting robots i mean a robot does kind of shoot a pen laser at a robot does show up but it's really not that kind of defeated by a pipe there's there is there is a there is an action sequence but it's really not that big it's 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 not prominent it's only one and it's quick and over with so but the basics of this particular story is that sometime in the future the near future and don't even tell you that they just they don't even bother telling you a date or implying that it's the near future well they kind of did a little bit but not much Oh, oh yeah, where at? What, I might have missed that one. Uh, bringing up how there used to be a constitution and how there used to be rights and. Okay, but that that could be fifty years from now. I mean, but uh, as I it's, said, it's a more it, recent. It doesn't exactly give you much. No, I mean it's it's not a thousand years in the future or anything like that. So. Uh, based on the technology and the aforementioned things Tom has just mentioned, it's in a near future. Presumably the United States. And there's a guy named Frank who is stuck inside a cell governed by an artificial intelligence computer named Howard. And Frank is having problems in that he's going to this machine that keeps tapping into his memories and he's trying to figure out how he got there. He truly doesn't know. And he keeps seeing memories of his time with a coffee shop and the coffee shop owner named Gabby imagining that and he's imagining a past but he's also imagining himself succeeding and escaping there's a few times where he believes that he has particularly one where he gets out spoilers to a a gas station everything's a spoiler in this in the sci-fi malady Uh, gets into a gas station uh, supermarket only to see the picture that also features in his memories of Gabby in the coffee shop. And it snaps him awake. So Howard is basically taking care of him. His whole job is life support. But also just putting him through memories. So to keep him confused so he doesn't remember what happened, how did he get there, that sort of thing. He discovers, Frank that is, discovers that he was picked up by the police for something um, that he has some kind of biological IP address that isn't right um, and eventually however Howard does assist with Frank's escape after reali- realizing that he's breaking down and will eventually not be able to keep Frank alive anyway because when Frank goes too far uh gas shoots in and a robot comes in and tries to sedate Frank. Eventually Frank tries to kill himself and Howard lets him escape because he realizes if my job is to keep you alive and you're going to kill yourself and this is the only way then therefore I should let you out. And Frank escapes into a wintry wasteland where he's picked up by two hikers and finds out that the government that did exist, the ISS, has fallen been replaced by presumably the Constitution or something reminiscent of it. And he is the last of a series of political prisoners that was put in these cells. Now, in the film, there's also a scene where he also is discussing with another prisoner 
but then it turns out to just be a memory or maybe it isn't we don't know yeah or did anything you just said actually happen either yeah i mean i i do believe that he did get out but everything up to that because he does wind up back with gabby so he and her had a relationship the coffee shop owner did he though but did he because she's well, trying to I'm guess his gonna... name and she doesn't get to it and it doesn't go exactly but must he have because she was in his memory or i mean i i can present I... so many alternate theories of what happened this this takes inception's twist ending and multiplies it by 12 i expected you and to come you know in and hate I... this and you know how I feel about that. So that's why I didn't take it that route. I took it to its logical end where we find out that Frank did some computer virus that infected government computers. He got arrested, shoved into this cell block, which messed with your memories so that you couldn't get out. And eventually the government collapsed and prisoners got out or they died in prison and he was the last one. Because the news basically was explaining he's the last of them. Or he's the only survivor. If you're going to play this, oh, maybe it was implanted memory. Well, then by virtue of that, nothing in the movie happened. There we go. This whole plot summary was worthless. That's not where I was going to go. There are some things that I think the... uh I think the movie is kind of letting you... Is kind of putting it out there to make you wonder. One, when he gets out... He falls down to his knees in front of the real-life picture of the tree that is, like, the thing that tells him he's in a simulation. It's like the episode of Voyager where every time Chakotay sees the moon, he knows that he's in a simulation or a dream. So he sees that tree, and for one moment, he's like, oh, I'm still in. And then it kind of fades, and he sees the hikers. Is that him just accepting that he's still here, and he's going to stay there, and he's going to go find Gabby again? But she's not Gabby. He's going to meet the real version of Gabby to fulfill his last promise to her. The other thing is, he keeps flashing back to the scene of his father on life support. Yeah. Um, and he says, Howard, what are you? I'm your life support operator. What is your job to keep me alive? The exact same thing that was the job of his of the computer that kept his father alive for two years. Is, Howard, is, is, um, is Frank on life support? Is this Frank's last day as his brain is shutting down? Is that what we're seeing here? And and Howard is something connected to him. And when he throws that chip away, he's saying, I'm just going to let this go where it goes. I think there's a, there's a possible argument to be made that with the movie's exchange there, constantly flashing back to his dad, that, he, that it's trying to tell you he's in the same place as his dad was. Or maybe, oh. as Thomas said earlier... Thomas? Yes. You this was your theory. I'll, I'll let you say it. Oh, that Well, my theory is that he is in the prison, all that does happen. But nearing the end when he quote-unquote escapes. Again, because we've seen him escape multiple times. He escapes. But then he does something very interestingly. He goes to that same cafe that he's always went to in his dreams. Again and again, he always ends up at that cafe. Right. He always ends up talking to the same person, though. She's still there. 
Now, this is where my theory has two endings, and I'll explain both. First ending. He gets there. It's obviously... It's now real. She has changed... No, he. It, she has a different name now. That person no longer works here. Oh, okay. So this is reality. This is new name. Or... This is not reality. He's in it again. Because a key thing happened before she even said her new name. He went in there. And he finally went to where he hid that code. He grabs the code. But what does he do with the code? Does he keep it? No. He throws it away. Yeah. Yep. Is he now accepting his fate? And now living out his happy little life... In make believe with now a new person who I might actually still be someone we already knew from the film from before, Howard. I think yeah, that's another thing. I think you sounds also ma- said sounds a little matrixy. Is Frank the old man? Is Frank his dad? And in his dementia at the end, looking back at as the man dying, looking back at his younger self. Is that what he's looking at? Thomas, you brought that one up. Another yes, one... That is a good... Another yep. theory I had, yeah. Yep. The other thing is there's this weird moment that the first time he escapes, Gabby is still at the bar, and you can kind of see that she's worried, and that's how you know he's not gone, because she still exists. If he's gone, and it's not a simulation, she can't be there. When he breaks out the second time, this time Gabby's in the cell. And does that mean that when he broke out... To be able to believe his own simulation, he had to put Gabby in the cell. So he's not really out, and he knows he's not really out, and he sees the tree. And the only way for him to convince himself, you know, he says you change the door. You change the pattern, the path, and they kick in at the right house, but they kick in the wrong door. Now, by putting Gabby in the cell, did he change the door for himself? So that he can convince himself that he's gotten out. And now he can go meet her and change her name. Same story. Slightly different. Right house. Wrong door. All of this stuff. I don't think that was actually Fletcher, whatever his name is, leading the revolution. It's too convenient. I'm Fletcher so-and-so. Why don't we get out of here? That guy, I think, was a figment of his imagination, too. I I was going to say, was that guy even real? Because I'm inclined to believe he wasn't. And what I love about all of this is, I think it's a piece of brilliant writing. One of the things that I think is that when a writer has truly succeeded is when they can put you in the position of the character. And here you have, by the end of this film, Frank is questioning if anything is real and what is real. He's fallen in love in a dreamscape in his mind with a woman of his own mental creation. And now he's not sure at the end if she's telling him things or if she's telling him what he wants, what he wants her to tell him. So you've now reached a point with all these possible different endings that you as the viewer are in the same position. Frank is at the end. What's real. What was the story? Yeah. And I know Mork will probably well, hate that because we're sitting here going, well, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't hate it because, um, the story lends itself enough to say you could either do as you two have done or take my approach of, okay, it ended with him getting out. And, um, yeah, 
he got out and he's trying to piece together his life from having his memory scrambled. That was my other question. Is Howard also Gabby? Is Howard the computer program what he sees when he's awake and Gabby the interface when he's asleep? Because when he's choke hanging himself, Gabby is telling him to stop. Howard is telling him to stop. They're saying the same Ooh, thing at the same time. Point. Yes. As that if is both iterations good, yeah. of the program are at that point, they're both there to keep him alive. Gabby's there to keep him alive. Howard's there to keep him alive. One when he's awake, one when he's dreaming. And at well, that point in time, they point. synchronize. And also the fun that's fact being, point. again, nearing the end, they're both synced. And now suddenly, you know, you have the whole, he's alive and escaped because he wants to die. So that's the only way you can keep him alive is if you let him think yep. he escaped. And I actually think that that scene where they, the meaning of the scene flashing to Gabby sitting in the cell is showing you who was really in that cell was Howard. But in this artistic version, it's also Gabby, and it's the clue to tell you that Howard and Gabby are the same thing. And that's why Gabby said, find the real me. Maybe I'm more incredible, because maybe they used a real person as a model, even if he never met her, with all the data that they're Mm -hmm. gathering and surveilling. And that is Howard's trying to find a way to break the program if he did get out. Howard and Gabby so that he can be Howard happy. Or Fr- Howard or Frank? Howard. Howard is the AI. Frank is the guy in the cell. Howard the whole time, if he really gets out, is trying to figure out how to break out of his programming. And he can't. He can only do what he's programmed to do. He says that. And he finds a way to let Frank go by following his programming. Yeah. Um... Maybe, maybe that message from Gabby, who in my theory is Howard in Frank's dreams, is that moment of the program trying to tell the person that they've befriended as an AI can, when you get out of here, find this person. Hmm. I guess it's possible. I my one of my takeaways is Gabby is Howard. Now, I do want to say one thing before we expound further, Sicky. Some of you um, are maybe Googling right now director notes and what the writer said. Good luck. We have not done, we have not done this. We deliberately do not look up what the director has to say because we don't want them to not. And I've always said what the, the director writes off on is gospel. So if someone in your opinion, no, no, because I'm not robbing a writer of their agency. I'll agree with rage on that. I'm not telling. I'm not telling a writer. Oh, you're not allowed to have your meaning because I decided you wanted this one. I decided this, so therefore I'm taking away your agency. No, Uh, Um, I've always said. I've always posited that your personal takeaway you're allowed to have. But you're never allowed to say that your personal takeaway is what the other person really meant. That's not fair. That You're not allowed to do that. You can have your personal takeaway, and that's fine. But you're never allowed to say that's what the director really meant when the director is saying, or the writer is saying, no, that's not what I meant at all. So I agree with you the on danger that. There, okay. The danger yeah, 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 yeah. there is that you could somehow say, this is a, a pro-life movie. What? Huh? No, this this movie's not an abortion statement. 
So And just and because you didn't... might see that within it doesn't mean that the director did. You can say, I took that exactly. as a meaning, but you can't say the director clearly fine. meant to make that statement. Fine. Your take, fine. But the point I want to say there is that we are giving you our unadulterated opinions. If the director came out and said, we're all wrong, then we're all wrong. But, or said, Thomas has nailed it on the head. Okay, then, okay, then that's what, then even I would say, well, all right, Thomas got it right. I may have taken this away, but this is what it was. So the point is that uh, we don't No, I have to fully disagree with you. Rule number one of the universe, Scott is always right. Rule number two of the universe, <laughs> right. if Scott is wrong, see rule oh. number one. Rule number three of the universe, if Scott is still wrong, we have left the known universe. Guess I got to crank the neural ne- neural neutralizer up on you again. But anyway, uh, the point is that's why we haven't looked into this because we want to give you our reaction, not, what, not have it colored by the writer. Yes. So... Uh, sorry, that, I wasn't that. quite sure where you were going with that. Yes. Yeah, no. My point was we wanted to give you our reaction. If we had read the director first and then watched it, it would have definitely biased us. And so that's that's just the way sickies. If you know something better, leave it in the comments. We're all ears. Um, but before I'm not. we go on... F- <laughs> okay, so Scott's a jerk and doesn't want to hear it. <laughs> But before we go on, Scott, you said fun facts, and I got there's a couple here that I think are really interesting. Um, obviously, this was a very limited budget film. Again, not bad, but facts are facts. So, director Travis Malloy built the whole set himself using the most inexpensive materials he could find, and in fact, the walls where the machine was, the neural neutralizer was, um, well what it was scott we're gonna have you explain what that was by the way but um the walls on that side were built of crates that are used to hold two liter bottles of of pop this watch it again guys you'll see it you'll see it and be like oh shoot really this film reminds me a lot of cube and hypercube if you've never seen those movies i know we reviewed one of them on this um, show it does. And uh, what was the other one? Galaxy of Terror, where they used McDonald's styrofoam take-home yep. boxes for the walls and old Chevy pickup seat belts for the seats. Didn't they do but, that with Aliens, too? Use some really crazy stuff for low-cost low stuff to build that set? Uh, they did. The, the, the ship was just a uh, combination of all sorts of spaceship models that they just shoved together. Um, but anyway, so the funny part about these... Uh, two liter pop bottle crates is that he took them from behind the dumpster of a supermarket and then later on someone told him that's stealing the company comes back and takes those so after the filming was done he brought them back (laughs) (laughs) Um, the gas station where Frank walks into in one of the visions where he escapes is actually a real fast stop truck stop and when they filmed the exterior, they, they had to do it in one quick tape because they wanted to get it without traffic. So they had to wait till there were no cars, take a quick take, and be done with it. Well, as for... There's also well, the sorry, subway issue. There is that as well. Um, but once he walks into the gas station, it was open. And so he couldn't afford... The director couldn't afford to pay for them to shut it down. So he just paid off 
the worker, like, he was like, how much do you earn in a day? Here. Just duck behind the counter until we're done. And as for the other customers, he just bought them coffee and, uh, what was it? Um, he bought them coffee and their groceries so they would just stay behind the aisles and not get in camera and get in frame. Hey, if it works, so, it works. <laughs> it worked. Um, all of the effects in the prison cell were done practically. Uh, Howard's movements and voice were done off camera by the director and producer. The sliding door and the moving treadmill and the security robot were moved in out of frame by the key grip using a broomstick. <laughs> Particularly because the motors failed in the movement, so they just had to use a broomstick. Um... So, and finally, the prison cell was set in an industrial park in Canoga Park, California, where sound recording was sometimes difficult because of bandsaws in neighborhood shops. <laughs> and when the scene of Frank yelling and screaming for someone to help him, after like an hour of that, they remarked, gee, no one called help. <laughs> <laughs> no one called the police. What goes on Should here on a normal day? about that? <laughs> exactly. Should we be upset about that? But <coughs> those are some actually fun, fun facts to read. But almost as fun as Lockout getting successfully sued by John Carpenter. But um, so do we want to delve in any further into the which vision was right or any further notes before I get into my deep meaning question here? Nope. No, not nope. really. Okay. Well, before we do the deep meaning questions, Scott, you sent an interesting text while watching this having to do with Dagger of the Mind and is baked into the symptom name. So what is this Dagger of the Mind? Dagger Where did you come up with this? It's one of the early, early season one um, Star Trek TOS episodes. I want to say that it might even be like episode seven or eight. Um, I'm probably wrong there slightly, but um, which would be weird. But um, you never get things wrong. The Enterprise visits a penal colony, and it's like a psychiatric ward colony, and they've, they've come up with a new way to rehabilitate criminals, and it involves the neural neutralizer. And they lay down, and they stare up into a spinning circle of lights that looks very much like whatever that device is in this film. Uh, in the TOS episode, you find out that the director of the of the psychiatric colony has uh, gone rogue. He's experimenting and he's wiped the mind of his chief assistant who um, tries to stop him. They actually try to wipe Captain Kirk's mind, but somehow he's strong enough to fight through it. Of course, because he's Captain Kirk. And then they get the head guy to lay down into the machine, but they don't realize that it's on and cranked up to 10 and they wiped his mind completely to goo. Uh, it is one of the probably the best episodes of, of TOS. It's not in my top four, but it's probably in my top ten. Um, and if it isn't, I've got to chastise myself for not having it in the list. But it is a very good, one of the great episodes of TOS. And the device, the main device of the neural neutralizer looks, to me, if it, it's not exactly, but if... If TOS had a modern budget, that's what they would have devised. I concur. I mean, I suspect it was probably an accidental thing, but you never know. 
and we're not looking into that, so I'm just going to go with Scott on this one and say 50-50 chance. Yeah, I'm not sure. There's a lot of derivative in this film. Good derivative, reimaginations of things, but I see... You know, it's not Cube because there's not death traps in every corner of the room and a group of people trying to escape in a randomly shifting, you know, cube. But there's something there about that creepy government locking people away and leaving them for dead and in a the idea of the set just being one square cube. Uh, some of it was taken. I, I would I, it, it not taken. It's a callback. I see some derivative storytelling, but in a good way, because the actual story itself is fairly original. Wouldn't put it beyond is what I'm saying that that's an homage. Because okay. there's definitely a point of, I'm sorry, I can't do that, Dave. Yeah. Oh, sure, sure. If that definitely. thing's not the HAL 9000 reimagined, I don't know what it is. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, I guess the deep question here that I was thinking of, although we've already covered one with um, which memory is true and which memory wasn't, but is this a... Ethics aside, I mean, this is clearly kind of unethical. Well, I guess that would be the first question. Is this an unethical form of, um, we'll say, penitentiary? And not just is it ethical, is it efficient at detaining? Uh, well, that's the, the ultimate question is what is the purpose for this detainment? Well, obviously. Now, let's just, let's just take the... Um, political prisoner side out of it because this is clearly he's a political prisoner. Well, that's part of but the. Let's ju- but that's part of the question. Let me. It, I want to no because I want to. I want to skew it. I want to skew it to just the concept itself. Well, that's because uh, in my opinion, that's part of the concept. You're trying to get information out of him, aren't you? Okay. 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 So then I'll let you do that. But I also want to say the way I angled it was, let's say it's a murderer. But since you want to take that direction, go right ahead. Okay. No reason we can't. And again, I'm just asking because literally it seems at least that the purpose of this prisoner prison is to get information out of him. So Mm -hmm. it kind of you have to ask that question. Okay, well, assuming that's what it is, is it ethical and is it effective? Yes, that's the ultimate question. Uh, sure, so go ahead, go ahead, Thomas, if you will. Okay. Depending on how you interpret the movie, effective could be very true. Because, again, we qu- questioned if he actually escaped or if he just submitted and actually gave away the information. Because the entire thing was, where did you hide the code? At the end, if he didn't actually escape, he gave up the secret. And they now know exactly where that code is. So effective, Mm -hmm. yes in that case, if we accept that ending. All right. Ethical, obviously not. (laughs) Obviously not. I assumed that was going to be the answer. Boy. Um... I think you have to put it in perspective. If he's doing well, what, then if put it in a perspective, then put it in yeah. perspective. 
then then break it up into the two kinds. If you're talking about as Thomas at went with a political prisoner, which Frank clearly was, and what if you're talking about say a, a murderer? Well, if this is a political prisoner or an enemy of the state or a terrorist, I would argue that this is pretty humane treatment. If this is a highly dangerous individual who is a murderer, who has been deemed so dangerous that they cannot be in the general population, this is probably more humane than our current solitary confinement. When you're awake, you have an interactive companion that is so good that it fools him for a long time. And if he wasn't a computer expert, he might not have realized that he wasn't talking to a human, that he wasn't talking to a computer and there wasn't a human behind the camera. He has coffee. He has music. He has food, although not good food. Access to exercise, a bathroom. He's safe, comfortable living quarters, a chair. Um, And when he sleeps, they have a device that lets him create whatever world he wants to live in. Although they may be guiding him to something in that world. But he has control over it. He can build companions. So it's solitary confinement without the mind-numbing isolation of solitary confinement. It's so adept at simulating human interaction that he falls in love with what he knows is a creation in his own mindscape. Which, Isn't that a form of madness, though? Is it a form of madness? Or is it, it the evolution be. of a treatment that allows you to create... And, and maybe this is what holds his sanity together and keeps him sane. I'm believe that... I'm inclined that would eventually become a madness of sorts, but um, we don't have any. Yeah. That, that's just that's just an opinion. I don't have any way to prove that. I mean, maybe. I could see both arguments on it, but I would imagine that comparing this to current solitary or comparing this to living in the nightmarish conditions that go on in the United States prison system... This probably that seems like is, a far more ethical safer. and desirable incarceration. It seems like it's a far more humane way to handle dangerous criminals that cannot be entrusted in the to be out and amongst society. It certainly is safer than getting shivved, that's for sure. And the gangland culture of prison, that's for sure. And if you can create companions to the level that this movie has you believe that they did... To where he knows that's an AI and he still considers it a friend and he's sad that he can't save him when he does escape from the control room. And that he can fall in love with what he knows is a... Has, has, can even doubt if it's his mind telling him or if, you know, no dream girl could be this frustrating. Um, if he's starting to wonder if maybe there isn't something else there in this creation. He's created real relationships. And in theory, if he wanted to, maybe he could create many more relationships in there. That technology probably exists once they have the the evidence they need from him. And if Thomas is right, and him throwing that chip away was surrendering and giving them what he wants instead of fighting the system, then it seems like he did get to create as many companions as he wanted to in whatever reality he wanted to live in. To me, this is a far more ethical detention system than and interrogation system for enemies of the state than anything we currently have going on today. Does that mean it's perfect? Does that mean it's completely ethical? No, but man, if you've really got to get information out of, I mean, 
There's no um, hooking up jumper cables to someone's genitals in this one. There's no waterboarding. <laughs> There's no torture. There is just... This man is put through his paces until he says... Well, there's possible mental anguish, depending on the individual. There is, but in the end, I mean, there's always going to be something. There's no way to extract information and break someone down that's completely harmless. Oh, no. But this, to me... No. Man, this looks to be like one of the better, more humane ways to go about doing it. Assuming that you had to. Okay. All right. Uh, well, uh, I suppose before we rate this, there, I don't think there's a lot to rip and pick. Um, this is a much more one of those heady science fiction stories that are better in deep dive discussion than just ripping and picking. Unless someone has really, really wants to mention one. I I love the fact that it's so open-ended and a, and a mind-bender and it exists within reality and a mindscape and you're not certain if you're ever, have you ever been in reality or if you've been in the mindscape the entire time. I love the fact that it allows you to interpret things because that allows you to explore the human condition more and it allows you to play thought experiments. Um, I love that. Uh, not a rip, not a pick. But I feel like Frank reminds me of what happens if you mash up Matthew McConaughey with Malcolm from the Enterprise, from Enterprise, um, the last okay. series, the weapons officer. All right. <laughs> sure, sure. Thomas, any rips or picks? Not really. And the reason right. for that is it's not a heady, as we discussed. It's nothing like, ooh, this is really thought, you know, well, I'm, it is, but not like... Sorry, not heady. Action. I don't know. Right, it's not action-packed. It's a heady one, not an action-packed one. Which I'm not about to completely counterdict myself in a way, because many times I'm like, I, I like action. Uh, sure. But... I mean, Lockout had some charm to it. Yeah. It, I like action, but this had a really nice factor that I think is overrated. Oh, underrated. Sorry. Well, it sounds like we're at that point to rate it. So, yeah. um, how many, um, how many infinity chambers do we give it? Who would like to start? I'll kick us off. Um, one, I do have a rip real quick. The supercomputer is defeated by a bag over its head. And the security <laughs> robot is defeated by a door that just closes a bit too much that it can't find its way to power through or work its way under. So, A-plus in the security system. Awesome. It can be defeated by a bag over its head, a wrench, and a half-closed door. Uh, that said, I'll give this a 9, nine infinity chambers out of 10. Um, honestly... I could probably go higher on that, on that, but I think I don't because it doesn't fully explore some of the questions that it truly could. But it, it does a great job of making you think. It does a great job of showing you what a person might cling to when their world is falling apart. It does a great job of raising questions about our criminal justice system, our incarceration system, our interrogation system. Um... And it does a good job of not giving you the answers and letting you take away from this film what you want to take away from it. Um, it's open-ended. 
Um, and as I said, I love that it exists in a mindscape and might exist entirely in a mindscape. And it's something that I am going to watch again and probably again and probably again and probably again. Because there's so much stuff in there that every single time I watch it, I can probably find something I missed before. Thoroughly enjoyable film. Nice. Thomas? I'm going to go pretty much the same way here. Fantastic film. There's something about it that's really entertaining. And it does have a really good factor that I question the entire time. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. And I like that. I'm not sure how it ended. And I'm okay with films doing that. I'm okay with them ending on a... Who knows? Did he get away? Did he not get away? Did he just give up everything and is the bad guy is now in charge? I don't know. I don't know. And I'm okay with it. Because... I don't mind a mystery and I also think this was a well done mystery because I've seen many that are terrible and I don't like but that's mainly because they did it poorly this case it was done excellently I was questioning till the very end and I personally enjoyed this okay. oh uh, number oh. sorry uh, number uh, I'm giving it an 8. I enjoyed it, and I did not miss that. I'd be mad in any way that I watched it. So, Alright. Uh, I give this a 7.5. It only lost a few points, and this this isn't exactly fair because it's not the fault of the director, I assume. But because of Scott and Thomas went into their Inception-level descriptions, it knocked it down a point because I don't like that. Is that fair for the director? Probably not. But here we are. Uh, yes, I ruined the movie for Mark. Mission accomplished. <laughs> I guess I guess that's his way of getting back at me for certain things, like Star Crash. But nonetheless, uh, that doesn't mean it's not an enjoyable film. It really made you think about, as Scott said, the penitentiary system, how that works, how will it would work in the future, how humanity interacts with AI. We didn't really have time to get into... Could this happen? Would AI replace human relationships? Um, I mean, we did an AI topic, so we've gone over that. We've tread that ground enough. But it goes into it nonetheless. And it does it in a way that's not unbelievable. You know, sometimes when you have a lower budget, you have to make up for it with writing. And this is clearly what this film is. It was a film that said we have a budget of probably $10,000 or fifty thousand dollars something ridiculous and this is what we could conjure up and you know what i think they did a darn good job they went over a topic that was they covered penitentiaries to uh, mind alteration to the ethics of doing as such and again humanity's relation to ai and they covered it all in a film that uh Probably, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm sure it costs less than a hundred grand. I thought and I saw so, hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars, which is path- 
pathetic. But that doesn't uh, mean pathetic that in a good way, though. Pathetic, pathetic meaning when you consider the budget of a big film these days. I mean, that's how much you spend on, you know, the food trucks. So uh, they did a great job with this, and I like Scott. I don't know if I'll watch it again and again and again and again and again, but I, I would definitely, I will watch it again to see what I missed. So. Uh, in addition to watching things again, I definitely recommend checking out Zodiac Task Force. We are coming near the end of our run. Uh, we are on episode 18 soon, and we are nearing the end of season one, so feel free to go to Spotify and listen back to older episodes and the Lost Transmissions extras in case you're behind. Speaking of going back, you should probably go back and listen to episodes of Cold Case Chase because that's going to be making an appearance soon on Sci-Fi on Raving Lunatic, not too late, not too long from now. And if you like your crime and let's say your murder most foul stories, you're going to want to tune into Fall when we have the Janitor series, which is about urban myths, legends, and crimes, which are told by a a janitor. It sounds be- it's better than you can imagine. Please tell me it's Willie from The Simpsons. <laughs> no, it's not Willie, but I can because if it were, you would lose the 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 fear aspect would be gone with him going ah. Tune <laughs> <laughs> tune. Would it though? Uh, it would. Um, and of course, we also have sci-fi melody which you can go back and listen to all the previous episodes you can interact with us on discord or you can also leave a comment about what you thought about this film or what you do know about this film at www.aivor.com ravinglunaticmedia.com ravinglunaticmedia.com rage master make sure you also check out where check out our youtube channel what's left for them to do Stay sick, sickies. Don't go to that website. How the <laughs> crap did we make 296 keys? Hey, Scott. Uh, I was just about to go on vacation for the week, and uh, I was looking over the numbers for the Raving Lunatic Bank Fund, and I noticed that there were a couple odd withdrawals from the savings. Um, it says here that I went to a bank account under your name. Um, listen, I'm not going to be accusatory or anything, but do you know anything about this? Brock, if any of this ever sees the light of day, I will kill you. Is... is that a threat? I know someone. To thomas you're in on this too? Um... Oh. Um... Listen, I, I won't say anything. Just... just... You just let me go. I won't even say anything to Mark. I'm sorry, I can't do that. No, please. Please, let me go on vacation. I just want to go on vacation. Please, no, no, no! Raving lunatic. <laughs>